When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. It's Monday, August 6th. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. On behalf of the entire football press corps across the country, thank you for the start of college football preseason. <laughs> so we don't have to speculate anymore without anything to go on. We've had two Brian Kelly press gatherings and a full practice Friday at uh, the Culver Academy. So we have a little bit to go on. We may be misguided in some of the things we still say, but at least we, 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 we're we not just speculating purely on with nothing to actually see. I had nothing left to speculate on, so I really needed <laughs> that to start, man. There was a lot of Monday columns that had some speculation in them. <laughs> I needed camp to start. I would like to thank them, personally. That was uh, in, I think I walked out of Culver on Friday when we were down there thinking like, Okay, nothing really has surprised me down here. Like maybe, maybe our speculation wasn't as far off as we had thought over the last six, seven, eight, nine months. But um, you know, we're back out there on Wednesday. They should be in full pads. I think their first day of full pads is tomorrow down at Culver, and then they come back on Wednesday. So it, um, I think, watching practice, we all watched a lot of Brandon Wimbush. We all watched a lot of the freshmen, which were kind of it's pretty standard operating procedure for the first practice. Um, but I think the, the guys that I want to see most on Wednesday are the linemen, the running backs, because I think those are three positions, uh, offense, defensive line, and running backs that, that we didn't really get a whole lot yeah, it's of like a read a, on. It's like, a, it's like a camp, right? Yeah. I mean, it's always it's difficult to get a read, certainly always difficult to get a read on uh, running backs in, in camp-like situations. But, you know, I mean, they're not in pads. I know you can. We can always say, well, they weren't pads. So we didn't see anything. But you see them run around for two and a half hours, and um, and, and it's telling. And you know, we talked about some of the things that we saw on Friday. The the play of the cornerbacks was was outstanding. The play of Brandon Wimbush was good up until a point, and then he then he seemed to hit a wall. And then, as you said, Timmy, he got it back. Miles Boykin, um, you know, again giving credit to Brian Kelly for. We're saying in the spring that that uh, that he'd really emerge, and he was he was great on Friday for the most part. Running backs are certainly what I want to watch on Wednesday in the pads because we think the offensive line will be somewhere from pretty good to better to better than that. Pretty good to very good is its is its regular window, right? Defense linebackers are going to be good to very good. We have no idea what the running backs will be without Dexter Williams for a while. We have no idea what the running backs would be with Dexter Williams naturally because he's not he hasn't proven capable of staying on the field anyway. Kind of pointed out last week, never had more than eight carries in a college game. That's not all the coaching staff decision. Right. I'd, li- him. I'd like to see Jafar Armstrong take a hit, deliver a hit, catch a swing pass. Um, yeah, because once again, you and I watched Jafar Armstrong run through a hole when he wasn't allowed to get hit, and, and he, like, well, he still looks fast, but that's not yeah. really what matters. Yeah, I mean, point. it looks like there's there's material there, um, you know, and somebody has brought up to me, like, you know, could this be a C.J. ProSize type situation, you know, where ProSize moved from receiver to running back and talking to somebody at Notre Dame, they compared Jafar more to Josh Adams' running style, where it's like one cut and go, which I think this is what is what this offense really wants. Um, 
So I'm very curious to see him. I, I think if there was if there was a player that showed something to me on Friday or at least confirmed something to me, it was Chase Claypool. I mean, we've been talking about it in the last few podcasts that maybe a corner had been turned when Chase Claypool came out with the starting offense that was really good. When he was described after practice by Brian Kelly without the use of the word traits, that was even better than that. So I think maybe something... It's not something is happening there. Something has happened where he is locked in in a different way now. Yeah, as it relates to Jafar Armstrong and Avery Davis, now they're both running backs. I mean, they're not they're not playing another position. Uh, Avery Davis wasn't in a red jersey. Um, you know, I, I from the very beginning, I like Jafar Armstrong better just because it's a bigger, stronger athlete there. And, you know, I think you can pick your spots with Avery Davis. I'm not sure that he knew everything that he needed to know on Friday. There were a couple instances where... He was a little confused by the play call or the formation or whatever it was, but I think you get yards per touch could really favor Avery Davis exactly. in a big way. But that's not he, I, we talked about this in the spring. It's, he's not getting ten carries in a single game this year. That's not happening. But yards per touch, if he touches the ball five to seven times a game, that's outstanding. He I really say, helped the team. Yeah, I mean, I would say just four or five times yeah, would yeah, be good. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you get much beyond that. There just aren't enough plays to go around, but. Uh, Dalen Hayes, I'm not sure if we talked about this in instant analysis, but he just looked like, I, I don't think we did. I wrote about it um, in the defensive portion. I mean, just a bigger, stronger-looking dude. Now, you know, lower body lower body strength, he's listed at 265, and I don't think he still looks like he's 265. So that means he carries his weight well. We'll see how that translates when they get into full pads. But, you know, Khalid Kareem, I, I just I like the way he moves around the football field. Uh, he's he's a natural pass rusher. He's always been a natural natural pass rusher going back to his high school days. Um, I think some good things happening up front. I thought Myron Tagovailoa Mosa looked very very quick off the snap of the football. So that's a really good tag team with Jerry Tillery. I mean the safety position. Houston Griffith got a, a little bit of first team work, which is significant just in terms of this is what the coaches think of them. I. I I think some fans maybe read our stuff and dwell on like, God, they spent a lot of time on who lined up where and with whom and when. But really? well, that's kind of important. Yes, but I'm, I think especially early in camp, it's yeah. like you. this is what the coach thinks of this player. It's not what they say after practice. It's the reps that they give them Absolutely. in practice. So they're committed to Houston Griffith or think highly enough of reps him. Don't li- reps don't lie. They don't, no matter how many hours and snaps they have on a practice field, they don't like to waste any of them. No. And I know a lot, you know, the big question is, well, will Houston Griffith start or when will he start? It, it doesn't really matter as long as he's in the mix. If they're, they're, if they're using three to play two positions, which is what they were doing on Friday, and which Brian Kelly confirmed when I asked him directly of that, then that's all that really matters. When Bo Bauer is taking snaps, you know, at Mike, which allows some flexibility with Tavon Coney, then that means something. So, will if and when when will Houston Griffith start? I don't know. Will he be in the mix from in game one? Based upon what we saw the other day, and that's usually a good sign when it's the first day, he's definitely going to be in a mix and will play. I Actually, Pete, I think he got – I was watching specifically defense. I know you were watching all around. I think he got more first-team reps than, than maybe you even realized. Yeah. I, I'm going to give a confident speculation here. The real three to make two is the safeties with Griffith, Elliott, and Gilman. You know, they're not going to take Coney and Tranquil off. Powers of I get that. Yeah, yeah. I get. I get. Greer Martini, Tavon Coney, and Niles Morgan was a real three right. to make two. No, you're right. Year. You're absolutely right. But I mean, both move that to safeties this year. That's going to be the no, real three to no, make two. I, I agree. But uh, 
by Bauer emerging, it, yes, it allows that's a Bauer you story. To, right, yeah. and, but it also allows you. Coney can now play both positions, and obviously he was great at the buck position because now he's now he's a Mike. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you though. It, it's a it's a true three three for two spots on the back end. Yeah, it's like you want to you want to put it over under on Bo Bauer snaps against Michigan on defense. <laughs> right, right, three. <laughs> right. Um, offensive line. I know we're going to get into we we have. We have a question about Eichenberg, so I'm not I'm not going to get too heavily into that. I just I was thinking on on the way to the podcast that I can you know there's things are so predictable, and he, he, this is going to be really predictable after the Michigan game. I mean, Notre Dame can win that game, and they can have some success offensively, but they're not just going to slice and dice Michigan's defensive line. So we're going to come out of that game saying Jeff Quinn's not very good. Right, Brandon Wimbush isn't very good. Brandon Wimbush <laughs> yeah. isn't very good. It, it's going to be very difficult for both offenses in the opener to move the football, and that doesn't necessarily mean that Jeff Quinn stinks. The offensive line's not going to develop. Uh, when's Harry Heastan going to come back? All that. I mean, I, I understand that Harry Heastan's a great coach. Jeff Quinn's done a great job recruiting, and Jeff Quinn is putting together what has a chance to be a pretty good offensive line. I don't think it has a chance to win the Joe Moore Award like. Alex Barr said to me the other day, but I appreciate the sentiment on his part. I mean, I'm not sure last year's offensive line would have a lot of success against Michigan. No, well, they didn't against it, Georgia. Yeah, in the opener. So that's that's fine. You just need to have enough success. You need to make right. sure that you don't let a edge rusher get around your left tackle you, on the most important right. play of the you game. You need to create more turnovers than they do. That's yeah. you know, Turnovers are always important, obviously, but that's a game where that almost absolutely will decide the outcome. Wednesday's our offensive line look. We I guess we've been kind of taken to task as the site that's least high on Eichenberg because we have a little bit more show me, I suppose, in us. If he was beat out last year, I'm not sure why he's all of a sudden just the anointed one. I will say, looking at Liam Eichenberg, that looks like a left tackle to me. No, I, I, I agree. It, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's not going to be a player, but let's yeah, be, I, we, we, let's we, be we've realistic. We've cautious about him the whole time, and not only because <laughs> who he's replacing. I mean, McGlinchey doesn't count anymore. Obviously, he's not going to be as good as McGlinchey was last year, but as Pete said, if he's better than McGlinchey was on the last drive of a close game against Michigan, then that can matter. Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's, let's save Eichenberg talk for, for the, the second section. But, um, what I, yeah, I think we mentioned it in, uh, instant analysis. I, Jordan Jenmar Keith, I think once we can get Brian Kelly to pronounce his name correctly, I think he's going to be really, really good. <laughs> I missed it. What he said. He says Genmark, which okay. is how we were all <laughs> pronouncing fine, yeah. it originally. But I, I really think, I think that's a kid that when he enters the starting lineup next year, He's just going to hit the ground running. Now, I, I don't know. He, he, like Bauer, he's not going to get a ton of reps. Uh, but I really like what that kid brings to the equation. And um, I love him for next year. And the drop-off for this year would be Stark. So I really like him for next year. It, it's a Going in there for Drew Tranquil, it better not be at important times against Michigan because Tranquil hurts his ankle or something. I love Jordan Genmarkeith. Gen Markeith, I see. Oh, let's do it. Romeo's out there, too, by the way. Did you notice that? Romeo Quarrow made a uh, reappearance on the practice field, of course, Kelly. He did? Yes. Did he call him Romeo? <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I thought that was a compliment <laughs> yeah. to, to Julian. But, uh, yeah, I love Jim Marquis' future. I just It's not one of those the future is now for me, though, because he's put on 20 pounds since last year. He had to learn to carry that, right? But it's uh, he's at the right position, though. I think yeah, he's outgrown he is. that. And I think, spot. you know, and, and, and there's no more talk about Julian Aquara's weight. He's 240. That, that's fine. He's fine at that. He, I mean, everybody has said every step of the way that he's stronger than his weight. He added 10 pounds. Somebody suggested, 
Well, should he use August to gain ten more? It's, <laughs> at August, That's not healthy. August is not. You have to not show up to practice. August <laughs> is not the time to add weight. It's you. The, the haze in the barn. You are where you are. He's plenty strong enough. He's very. He's very quick. He's he needs to be more productive now. I mean, two and a half sacks, which is what he had last year, and now needs to be seven and a half sacks. Uh, the cornerback play. I don't know if we talked. Do we talk about this yet? I mean, because I think. Well, we did Nansen now. Yeah, I mean, but, just love what those like, two guys are doing. Yeah, to me, Troy Pride was on defense what Claypool was to me on offense yeah. on Friday because I think, but Pride is a guy that I think I've been more skeptical of than you guys have. No, I'm I'm, I'm with the skeptics. Okay. I, mean, I have to do a mea culpa to. Pride, pride to pride yeah. and you. I've been yeah. skeptical of pride. Oh, Priester's yeah. been in, Priester's in been Pride's corner pride. for a while. I but am like, now. <laughs> yeah, he just looked like a, a player. Like I don't know what better word to describe yeah. it than like he. Was... Well, he has he has better traits than Julian Love. Real traits. He has be- yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, the good traits <laughs> like attitude. I mean, the ability the ball to, skills, to press like, to, to press at the line of scrimmage to Velcro Velcro. And the the greatest testament was him staying stride for stride with Braden Lindsay. Like it was nothing. He was just running. He was we- Braden Lindsay, Lindsay ended wearing. up on the ground. Yeah, uh, Troy Pride. <laughs> what he just fell down. He, yeah, he, he, I mean, you, like Pride gave him a shot. Yeah, he's, oh. just, he's just strong now too. Pride two years ago, or after Troy Pride started three games as a freshman, we asked Todd Light, "How's Troy Pride coming along?" He needs to gain strength. He needs to gain strength. He needs to gain strength. He's got to be with us more. And that was kind of a you know he's running track. Obviously, it, it, it kind of impacted young players. Oh no doubt. Mm-hmm. Didn't gain quite enough strength last year to be. I mean, he beat out Nick Watkins because Nick Watkins failed. Let's be. That's that's kind of my point of Troy Pride was Nick Watkins was failing. His his tendonitis was bothering him. He wasn't caught. He, did, he got burned twice in the Miami game for a touchdown. Miami of Ohio game for a touchdown. I guess a good receiver, but Troy Pride took over for Watkins who wasn't doing well. I did not have Troy Pride high enough coming into the season. I admit it right now, and I'm telling you. That guy just looks the part of a player oh, at man. this point. He is a to be able to play the cornerback position like we saw him play it the other day. Do you know? I mean, we, I can't remember him covering people until that camp. I, know. I, was I mean, just... it, it, it is it is the the DB is in a in a bad situation yes. playing against wide receivers. Oh, it's extremely it's difficult. Awful. You have the whole field. He was he was locking everybody up. He made. I don't know how many actual pass breakups, but if you include passes defensed with it, he had four or five that that stand out in my mind. He ripped one away from Chris Fink too. I mean, that's not it's not easy to do. That's right. It yeah. never happens in practice. Yes. No did, you Chris, did you see Chris Fink's move on Coney? Twice. Twice. Oh, I just kind of caught I <laughs> caught the tail, and it made the whole team <laughs> go. Oh, yeah, it was it was pretty impressive actually. But he made a good point. Maybe Coney doesn't want to be on special teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Coney. <laughs> Coney, Coney your point across. Coney should not be on special teams. By the way, um, not that special no. team. Now I interviewed him the other day, and just I loved it. I mean, I, you know, he he hasn't always handled the interview situations great, but uh, I and I kind of fed his ego a little bit because. <laughs> He dominated the Citrus Bowl, did he not? And um, yes, you know, yeah. and and I thought he carried himself in that game like I'm the best damn football player out here. And watch this. And so I kind of fed the, fed to that ego a little bit, and a little of that came out. But I, you know, I mean, I like the way he's handling himself in inter- interview situations. Uh, it's it it's team first. It maybe is a little forced, but. Um, you know, he knows. I mean, there's a lot of coaching going yeah, on for and him. He, That's fine. And, and, but he understands, and I think, you know, I think Matt Bayless and Clark Lee deserve a lot of credit here. He understands now that if Norton wins 10, 11, 12 games, he's going to benefit greatly from it, and he's probably going to be at the forefront of everything they do defensively. Yeah, I think that 
Laconi, I, that's another guy I'd like to watch a little bit more of because O'Malley, you and I were talking about it. it. seemed like half the passes completed on Friday were against the Mike linebackers. The Mike linebackers, And yeah. Coney was part of that. Well, he knows that's a shortcoming. Yeah. And Clark Lee, well, that's one of the first things that Clark Lee said when he got the job that, hey, it's it's on me that Tavon Coney wasn't better in, in pass drops this year. And Coney knows that. And, you know, he looks at it now like, if I'm really good at this, now they're going to say I'm a complete football player. Yeah. So I, I think he's right. And I, so I really think I enjoyed interviewing him. I liked his answers to a lot of things. And I think he gets what is expected and needed from him. Not to get down to ridiculous nitty gritty for someone like Coney, but there's more pass coverage responsibilities for the Mike linebacker than now he can come off the field in the nickel. But when he's on the field, there is technically more ground to cover for the Mike linebacker. Than the buck because the buck is aligned to the boundary and they, they <laughs> ask more for the mic. So now he has to, which you're not going to move tranquil to Mike linebacker because of this. He's in the right spot, but that's going to be part of the season is Coney has to improve. In so that you regard. have to determine whether you want to take him off the field in the nickel. I get that. No, in the yeah. nickel situation, no, nickel, still, you're, you don't you're want to take him off no, the field. You. No, you're taking the rover off for, in the nickel. So maybe in the dime, he comes off the field. That's true. Unless your, you put a yeah. different rover in there. Um, do we want to talk about freshman this segment or should we? I guess there are some questions that deal with freshmen. We can jump into them in the second segment. We'll be back for segment two, Burning Up the Boards. Welcome back to segment two, Burning Up the Boards. Our first question from Wash ND. Even though it is just the first practice, and there is still a long way to go, did seeing Wimbush struggle a bit on short throws and Mac dropping easy passes give you any pause in believing the progress you heard during the offseason? For those two players. Well, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're only <laughs> not leaving me a lot of room to add. You're a... <laughs> Next question. Well, I mean, <laughs> I we're... guess I could. Uh, seriously, <laughs> seriously, though. Seriously, I mean, we're all only human. And when you see, not so much for me, not so much Wimbush because, you know, he threw a thousand times the other right. day and he went through a little segment. Elise uh, Mack shouldn't be dropping passes right on the button. You know, on a crossing route. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a frustration because how many passes did Alizé Mack drop last year? I I would parse this question. It's not Wimbush and Mack because I thought Wimbush's struggles, like maybe the receiver rung the runner out. Maybe he slipped and fell. There was one where I think Boykin actually fell down coming out of his break and Tranquil might have picked it off or it was like, Whereas with Mac, it's just a... It's like, that's just you, man. Like <laughs> That's just a catch you have to make, whereas Wimbush, there's so many other factors happening. I thought that, you know, to get into the, the way this question was phrased, I thought Wimbush on short throws actually was pretty good. I mean, there were... that Remember those passes off to his right in the flat where he would, like, either airmail Mac from three yards away or throw it at his heels? Like, you he mean was, last year? Yeah. Last yeah. year. He was pretty good with that on Friday. You know, it's the intermediate stuff or some other passages. Like, I'm not really sure where that's going. But, again, that doesn't necessarily mean that's on him. I was watching the defense basically the whole time. How long did did Wimbush's struggles last? Oh, How many was, passes are we a, talking it about? It was a... Four? Uh, no, yeah, it was a little... He and Book would take... It was a little 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11 11 11 without any contact. But it's mostly passing drills against the defense. And all of a sudden, Pete and I were like, oh, that was a bouncer. Oh, there was another. That's probably that's probably one too many. Another been two. Ah, oh, there's another bouncing pass. What's going on here? And then it's it. And he, he comes back from it. But, like, I kept writing down early, seven looks sharp. Seven on point on mid-range yeah. throw. Like, book, well, when, book looks sharp. Like, those things. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, he missed one. 
Oh, missed another one. Well, book, uh, right. book, <laughs> so it was book's you know. the most accurate quarterback they have. I mean that that's just the way it is, he's and probably real, will remain that. And way. And he's really good on that. He just he's really good on that short athletic release throw. Now these these were not no pressure situations for Wimbush. Like they, he had to change his arm angle on all these. There's something coming at yeah. him, especially in the eleven on eleven kind yeah. of. So that's a little different. Book is really good at changing his arm angle and drop off the pass. His mechanics just, are really good. I mean he's he's one that has taken private work and really made it a part of who he is the issue with mac the separate issue with mac i don't get it i don't get the drops because he doesn't have bad hands i don't understand how you have concentration drops when your whole life is this season your whole professional life is this season he made <laughs> maybe that's why you yeah, make yeah. it sound so dramatic well, he, he had the best catch of the day too right that spinning reaching backs on the far sideline away from us when he was kind of was like, it better than boykins because i didn't see no it maybe not maybe it's the second yeah. best catch of the day but he's diving and reaching backwards with one hand and he gets up and he made the catch he didn't do any of the dumb stuff he usually does and then i see him drop a pass over the middle like how'd you drop that and the one that went straight through his hands that you were watching with me tim that was just strange. It, it literally, I don't think it broke stride when it was going across, a perfect pass crossing. I don't know if he thought it wasn't there, or if he thought somebody was coming, he thought it was live, but that was strange to see him. I just figured Mac was going to be great in practice this August. He still could be. He might have had two great practices. Right. But I thought, just like Wimbush, the proving ground for Mac is when the Bolts actually go live, and I was just surprised to see him dropping passes. Yeah, I agree. All right, Wilma's one. Is the current lineup at offensive line the one we'll see this year? Reading between the lines, is it fair to say people are getting more and more confident about Liam Eikenberg? They are getting more. I mean, everybody's getting more confident about Liam Eikenberg. I think if if anybody, well, first of all, will this be the the line? I think if there are any changes, it won't be Eikenberg. I think it would be Lug for Kramer, and I think that that's that's the most competitive position right now. I, I don't. I yeah. don't think Banks is competing heavily with Eichenberg if you're putting it that no, way. I don't, yeah. No, I don't think so. Maybe, I, I guess They're trying something. to get Banks ready, but it's not. Yeah. He won't beat him out. Here's what I would keep in mind, because somebody was asking me about the Eichenberg, Lug, like could Lug come in for Eichenberg? And I still feel like they'll start more than one offensive line. 2014, after three games, they moved Hegarty from guard to center, Martin from center to guard, both on the left side, and then they moved... Kramer. Now, Kramer wasn't on the team then. 2014? 2014. And then they moved Lombard from tat- tackle to guard. Tackle to guard. No, they moved Lombard from guard to tackle and Elmar from tackle to guard. Oh, that's right. That's right. They changed four positions in one week in the season after they were 3-0. and <laughs> So the notion that, like, it's just a straight swap that you'll just, like, take one guy out and put another guy in, I, I don't think that's the way to well, look still at not, it. I mean, that's still not conducive for winning 10 or 11 games. No, it's not. I mean, but they were three and zero at that point, yeah. and then they won that game. Uh, you know, and the reason more, the yeah. reason that season went off the rail wasn't the offensive line. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I'm just saying, like when you look at the offensive line here, I think you have to think of like maybe they were like we Lugs one of our five best players, uh, but we like Eichenberg. But you know, could is Bars better at tackle? Should we? What about Kramer and Hainsey? Do we move Hainsey from right to left? I I just think aside from Sam Mustafer. Those other four positions all could be up for debate. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I want to follow through with my thought on Eichenberg here. And, and I think we might have mentioned this in the spring. I know I've talked about it. I don't know if we did it on podcast. But look, as great of a coach as Harry Heastan is, he's an old-fashioned coach. I mean, he's not a, he's not a 
I know the players love him, but, but I think you've said it, Pete. The players that love him are the ones that yeah. go on to the NFL and have a great deal of success. The players yeah. who, the players <laughs> yeah. who, on the record, talked to you about Harry Heastan love Harry Heastan. <laughs> right. Liam Eikenberg did not respond to Harry Heastan's coaching. I mean, we we know that for a fact. He did not thrive on that that approach. Jeff Quinn is more of an encourager, and it would appear that Eikenberg is is greatly benefiting from that. Now, it also appears that Jeff Quinn is not the technician or the coach that teaches technique anywhere near what Harry Heastan does. So we will see how that all evolves. But as far as Liam Eikenberg's emergence right now, I think it's directly tied to being with a guy that's offering him the kind of encouragement that he can respond to. Yeah, I think it's... Maybe it's not dissimilar <laughs> to Greer Martini with Clark Lee versus Brian Magnus. Absolutely. The perfect comparison. Well, even Andrew Trombetti in a smaller role. Another I mean, great comparison. Conceivably operate under bank order. There was no, he ruined two years of bets between me and Pete because of, it was awful. <laughs> so, uh, that about, might be neither here nor there, but it was unfortunate for me. Sports guy with the next question. I have a hypothetical. Which scenario leads to a higher end-of-season rank for Notre Dame? Number one, Wimbush plays great, but ND drops a close game to Michigan. Number two, Andy beats Michigan in a close game, <coughs> but Wimbush struggles mightily. Uh, I'd say number one because if number two, number two is is a problem all season. Number one is a problem for one night. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. If if he can, if he can play well against that defense, that's huge. You know, you still we'll blame somebody else, right? You know, I mean, you'd be like, okay, Wimbush is off the hook for one week. Uh, because that's just the nature of when I say we, I'm I'm including fans too because we're yeah. all we're all we're all doing the same thing. But um, yeah, I mean, if Wimbush plays well against Michigan, I mean he did not well, great. That's the question. Wimbush, yeah, Wimbush it's plays versus, great. It's well, versus then, struggles mightily. If it was, but Wimbush isn't great, and, and Notre Dame wins, I think you might want that. If let's, you're a Notre Dame if, fan, and yeah, if Wimbush it, plays great and they lose, they may not lose again. Yeah. Boy, there's nothing worse than losing over that situation. No, that's not the question. It's not. It's not a would you rather, right? It's, yeah. It's a, yeah. I mean, it's a bad sign if he struggles mightily. Although, how do they beat Michigan if he struggles mightily? See, these things are uh, turn uh, turnovers. Uh, Shea right. Patterson throws three interceptions. That's true. You know, something I mean, like that. Like they beat Michigan in 20, uh, 2014. 2014. 2014. I was thinking twenty twelve. Yeah. When oh, yeah. Ever Colson got benched. Oh like, yeah. That game was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that was ugly. and. I would say in that it's it's the starting quarterback did not play well and they beat Michigan. They did. That was bad football. And yet then they went and won the rest of the game. So maybe my uh, my initial theory is total crap. That's right. right. Yeah, starting one one versus one and zero. I might just take one. Right. Let's just go with one and zero. Let's just take a win. SF freshman. Which of the freshmen have the most work to do in the weight room to see the field this year? Care to guess who will redshirt? I got four guys in particular. Uh, like. Redshirt, old school redshirt. Yeah, like, I mean, like who? Well, like I mean, no who, who is who isn't strong enough to? Well, the four offensive linemen are going to redshirt, old school redshirt, or oh. or get in for two games to like Ball State to see if they can yeah. have some fun. But that's not they're not going to get in November. Right. They're not traveling not to Syracuse in, and getting not in including November. offensive linemen because right. of the learning curve. Yeah. Uh, I think guys who would redshirt f- playing four games or fewer: Paul Moala, um, Tariq Bracy. Joe Wilkins. Mm, I mean, I, Tight ends. Is, is Lawrence Keyes going to play more than four games? I, I, no. Lawrence no. Keyes, by the way, looked great for his... Uh, yeah, I liked him yes, a lot. But I know what you're saying. Um, but It's like, when I was going through this list, I was having a hard time coming up with guys that would be so good 
that they wouldn't play four games. It was sort of broken into a few camps. It was Houston the, Griffith is the other. Yeah, Houston Griffith and Bo Bauer will for sure. Right, Bauer will be on those. Shane Simon, Shane Simon, and Shane Simon. Games. Yeah, uh, he'll play. This is more than four games, right? So you yeah. lost your red shirt. Houston be- Griffith, Shane, Shane Simon, Simon, Bo Bauer. Beyond that, I was having a hard time. Like, I think a lot of those guys will play. Like Phil Jacobic will play. He right. won't play more than four games. Will guys like I guess Fle- maybe maybe Flemister will- or or oh Flemister will Jer- play more than four yeah. games because uh, he's got to yeah, play think, four. I think I put <laughs> came, so I put Jameer Smith and Flemister. and uh, no not Flemister. I put Jameer Smith and um, Braden Lindsay in the will play more than four games group because I just think Braden Lindsay will be va- available to you in a way that Will Fuller or Chris Brown were as freshmen. Where just like just do this one thing, yeah. Maybe right. and, not, and no one's too. like, I, re- I really wish Chris Brown redshirted instead yeah, right. of catching Braden, Braden Lindsay is home. not strong enough right now. Lawrence Key's third is not strong enough right now. But Braden but Lindsay can add a dynamic exactly to team. Yeah. like Will Fuller, which is what Pete said. The one guy we didn't mention um, because of special teams, we have to see him play special teams first. Derek Allen could play more than five games if he's good on special teams. I, that's that, the uh, that's yeah. the guy that maybe I'm most curious about yeah. after day one, or I'm just like I look at him and I was like, how does he fit into the safety rotation? Right now, he's probably fifth or sixth. Um, is he athletic enough to play on special teams? Yeah, I think so. But do they need him to? I'm not sure. I'm. That's he's he was the guy after day one, or I think I was most curious about. Like, okay, what's his role this year? Like, I think he'll have a really good role. Over yeah, we really years. need Wednesday to see yes. more from him. Right? I, I don't think Kevin Austin will uh, redshirt either. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't you need think a sixth so wide receiver I, for game. Yeah, he he's was. A, he was in my group with Smith yeah. and Lindsey. And I think Simon Jack Bauer Lamb. Griffin. I think Jack Lamb needs to redshirt, especially now wants, if he's, he wants to. Redshirt yeah, I mean, well. especially now that he's he's banged up. And you know, a couple people have thrown out speaking of Jack Lamb about him as a weak side defensive end. The first time I looked at his film, I, I thought that that was a good role for him. Not necessarily a full time weak side defensive end, but somebody that you bring off the edge with length and quickness. I still think that long-term, if you don't make the full transition to the position, you at least explore that opportunity with them off the edge. The tight ends will redshirt, too, because they have four tight ends they are going to play all the time. And there's no reason to burn a year of eligibility for Takis to go out there for five games when he can go out there for four. Yeah. I don't mean he won't play. Totally I'm, I'm saying that. that he's a four-game special teamer. They might even have a plan to give Wisher and uh, Komet a break as like October or November comes along with a guy like Takis they can groom for five weeks to... Here's how you block on kick returns, and that gets those guys off the field a couple plays. You know that's because the tight ends are always out there for those special teams. They're out there protecting the punter. They're out there. It's like 75 hits you don't have to take during the course of a year, right? Kick return and punt return, mm. or kick return and punt coverage. Probably half that, but you know it's like they're touchbacks. You don't contact you don't somebody every. I guess you don't get con. Yeah, you probably contact somebody every time, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the technique you use, yeah. Pete. Yeah, sure. <laughs> now I see why the kick return doesn't work so well. Jack, we need video of yeah, this. No, so. this is, you, you didn't want to see not that. Effective. No. I, you know, Tariq Bracey, I agree. I mean, I love I, I love his game. I love his future, but there's no way in the world he should be They need a uh, playing. Do they they kind of need a fifth corner to, I guess, I guess they could play four games apiece, but there are three starting corner positions. Well, nickel, but, uh, right? so how about Boykin, Noah Boykin? Noah Boykin Boykin's play? a guy that could play that could be a Noah special Boykin teams I would, guy. Yeah. I think Noah Boykin would fall in the group of like, let's make sure he's totally engaged by playing. Right. That's, yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of guys like that, and you at least give him the four so, games, right? And, and among those corners, somebody has to be the best one. Right. And, Probably and, him. And I did. I don't know if we mentioned this in the, uh, the analysis after practice on Friday, but Noah Boykin stepping in front of... Uh, we, did we didn't. Okay. It was in my defensive report. No, Boykin. They sent 
all the freshmen back seven plus Isaiah Robertson to the other field, and they sent Jerkovic out there too, and he just threw again, you know, seven on seven, just throwing against the shell. And Joe Wilkins did a little turnout pass, and for some crazy reason, Jerkovic decided to throw it, and Boykin just absolutely pounced on it and would have taken it down 67 yards, 60 or 70 yards, but you know, there were people in a way and so he didn't follow through with it, but it just showed you, you know, even though you said he was short, you know, considerably shorter when they measured yeah, he him, was the only one. it's an example of a guy that's long, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he wasn't, you know, he's not 6'2". He's not even 6'1", actually. Yeah, that's, which that, is that happens surprising. all the time. But he plays long, he looks long and plays long. Matty Hebbs, 14. Seeing Shane Simon coming to fall camp around 225, do you guys think he will eventually outgrow the rover position? I think he'll start at rover next year. Yeah, I don't... In 2019, I mean, I don't, I'm sorry. I, what would he outgrow it for? Mike? Uh, Mike Linebacker? I mean, I don't, I don't see any... Re- I'm not... Tight end? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think he's fine. That's right. Where defensive he is. Ends, in, where everybody goes, Pete, when they're good athletes. I mean, his body fat has to be among the, the, yeah. the lowest of anybody on the team, really. He's... He's really built very well and looks like he's a guy that, uh, I mean, he can, play, he can play wherever he wants to play with, with physique and that type of I think athleticism. He'll be the guy we're talking about next one year from now. Like, can, yeah, I can't I believe mean, he, he's making stuff like that in one he, year. Certainly, on, he looked a little unsure of himself, yeah, I thought, not, at times on Friday. But not that's, winning the starting job next yeah, week, that's for you're, sure. You're but. going to have that. And that's why, you know, the early entry thing, well, I mean, look who's playing a prominent role on, on, on defense. Uh, Simon, we mentioned a little bit as the guy that was in there with the one A defense, but two early entry freshmen in uh, in Bauer and and Griffith. Yeah, uh, we've got a couple of Twitter questions from Kyle Thompson. Who surprised you both in the positive and the negative? Um, well, Troy Pride, which I talked about, that would yeah. be that would definitely be a positive surprise. Negative surprise? I don't know if there was one. I don't know if there was a guy that I walked away from. Friday thinking like, man, I just thought he would be farther along than he was. I guess over an Allison's, I'd say Mac, but that's not. I wasn't really surprised. Well, yeah, you know. I guess he drops. That's his, no, you just said yeah, that you I, expect him to I have a great be, August, I expect so. him to be better in August. That's yeah. So Mac, Mac, um, well, probably, yeah, probably, but probably just looked great. Um, I was high on Lawrence Key, so I guess it's not a surprise, but, but it's still fun to see him he was, yeah, faking out veterans. A, that was you know? a good Surprised too, because he was just so much quicker than I was expecting him to be. Like, it, I think if you if you said like, "Is that Keys or Lindsay?" I never thought I'd be like, "I'm not really sure which one." Like, if they they took their jerseys off, but Lindsay's fast. Yeah, Lindsay's but, faster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lindsay runs. Like, Keys oh, was sure. quick, but yeah. like the way Keys swallowed up a cushion that a defensive back gave him, I think it was DJ Brown. Maybe um, I was it. It got my attention in a way that I didn't think that that he was going to. Yeah, That's the way I, I my uh, a surprise for me was seeing John Dirksen at right tackle, the number two unit. Now, because uh, you thought of somebody else. Well, I thought I thought Jer- yeah, I thought Jarrett Patterson would be there. Now, I mean, I, I've I've loved John Dirksen since I saw his film in the spring, and I think he's going to be a good football player. I think he's going to be a guard, but he's played tackle and he played tackle in high school, and I was surprised to see that. In fact. When I looked at it, and again, I was covering defense mainly, but when I looked at it, I thought, okay, Patterson's a right number two right tackle. And then I realized, wait a minute, that's not that's not the right number. So I was a little surprised at that, but that tells you a little something, doesn't it? You're For disappointments, you're pretty disappointed in Bill Dracovic's throwing motion. Oh, God. <laughs> See, I'm not sure it's going to matter well, I was that just, much. No, I was, I was just, yeah, yeah I was yeah. really, I was really surprised 
It was pretty that I didn't that I didn't know that that was his throwing motion. So you're surprised at yourself. I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, because because honestly, you know, I haven't looked at. I haven't looked at his high school film in a long, long time, and I didn't realize that that was his release point, and that he slings it, and that it tails, and that it's difficult to be accurate when you throw the football that way. Now, what were you saying, Tim, about college football quarterbacks? Yeah. And I agree with this. This is Say not it. this is not 2000 NFL scouting combine where they have to rework everything. He's a college football quarterback, man, and go back 10 years, you guys, watching Dane Crist in 2008, 2009. You're thinking, you're, you're 2008 especially. You never thought, oh man, this guy is just not going to work out with this perfect throwing motion, right? It's right. No. He's got a lot. Every high school quarterback has issues. Bill Dracovic seems to have fewer issues. He's got a lot going for him. Everybody talks about Pete, Tim. You both talked to people in the offseason. They love Phil Dracovic. Brian Kelly seems to love him. Analysts love him. I think he's going to get away with a throwing motion that's not perfect because he's got a cannon. Yeah, I think somebody was asking me, it's like, because he has a three quarters motion, is it is he going to be susceptible to batted passes? I don't know. He's six five. Yeah, like it's, he swallows the ball in his now, hands. And, and, does, and, he, yeah. and he does get rid of it quickly. Yeah. So I mean, that's going to mitigate with, with velocity. Some of that, with velocity. And something no I think doubt. we said it in between segments. When you're looking at freshmen, have no idea what they're doing in practice one. Those guys have like one of us accidentally watching him at some point. Phil Dracovic had the whole everybody at Culver watching yeah. everything he did. Of course, it's not going to be that easy. No, it's play. not. Yeah. But but a, but a poor fundamental release is a poor. <laughs> yes, it you is. Know, you <laughs> said, <laughs> we're going to be taking this one for a year. <laughs> you said you just said with velocity. Okay, well, just like a pitcher, you have velocity, but you also have movement. <laughs> for a pitcher, the movement's good. For a quarterback at the end of the throw, that movement is, is it's not good. It's just, it's yeah. not a good thing. I mean, I'd that's like just to, being I'd honest like to, about I'd it. I'd like to see more. We're not saying, I'm yeah. not saying that he can't be successful. I'm saying we, people are always talking about technique and traits. Those aren't, that, that isn't good technique. That's not, that's not how the best court, the vast majority of the best quarterbacks right. don't, in don't the game. Don't yell Philip Rivers right now at home. Right, He's not, right. Yeah, it normally throws the like vast, that. The vast yeah. majority of quarterbacks on the co- highest collegiate level in the NFL don't release the football that way. Right. My point is I'll take everything else I think we know about him versus that. I, that's okay. I No, I agree. Yeah. And you make you make a good point. It was one day, and let's not get carried away. Another huge surprise for me this weekend was the way Elijah Burns played at practice yesterday with basketball. Oh, wow. <laughs> there, there, there we go. There's a segue. Elijah Burns. We, uh, he's, on the ba- he's on the basketball we team. Had an opp- yeah. Yeah. The, men's, the men's team. We had an opportunity to watch a little bit of basketball yesterday because they're getting ready. They leave for the Bahamas uh, Tuesday for a three-game swing, and Northern Basketball was kind enough to invite us in to watch an entire, uh, uh, well, only about hour and 15 minutes, I guess. But we saw a bunch – and Elijah Burns played above the rim. Uh, I liked I liked uh, Robbie Carboni's court presence. I think Nate Lashevsky is going to wear out that corner jumper over the next four years, wear out in a good way. Um, Dane Goodwin showed penetration skills late. We didn't see Prentice Hub because he's still recovering, but he's got a chance to be a, a starter. So Elijah Burns and the freshman passed the eye test for Pete and me yesterday. They were, uh, it's an intriguing group uh, in a way that I, I didn't. I just didn't think that they were a team that was going to, you know, middle of the ACC, sneak into the tournament. I just didn't think they had the material to do it. And you watch them, like, are they going to be wildly inconsistent this year? For sure. But they'll be entertaining and they'll yeah. sneak up and get some people. I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm hesitant to say NCAA tournament, anything like that. But it's good to see plenty of guys to shoot 
the basketball. Anybody else? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at my depth chart. Going back to football. Sorry, my fault. <laughs> I did it. Well, didn't Bray tell you that? Uh, I guess they want I they want like, birds down at Culver with yeah, his body. Bray, Bray was like, "Why aren't you guys at Culver?" Yeah, and he made a couple jokes about. I would like why to we see, were there not covering football. I think we need to see Notre Dame needs to see more from Ade Ogundeji. I, I did not watch him at all. On no, Friday. I well, he didn't. Kind of like we saw Jawan Durham kind of disappear a little bit. He's a basketball player. He's a basketball well. player also. <laughs> we saw him disappear at times on Sunday. I think Ogundeji did that too. He needs to step up because Khalid Kareem can't take every snap. They need Ogundeji yeah. to, to be good, to be to contribute in a positive way. Anybody else? Oh, do you, why don't we wrap up on just sort of what we want to see most on, on Wednesday when we're out there? I want to see running backs running through some tackles. I've been watching defense, but uh, I want to see running backs and pads. I would need to see I want to see this offensive line go against a veteran defensive line. Europe. I would assume the defensive line will have the upper hand early. Just like last year, we would assume the offensive line was going to have a major upper hand early. And it was kind of mitigated as we went along. We thought, man, this defensive line might be okay going as August progressed. But I would assume the defensive line has an upper hand. Um, but I want to see some running backs that can run through contact because I think the job is like Tony Jones is going to start against Michigan, but I think they are wide open to getting somebody in there with him. The, the may the best man win, and that no matter what his grade is. Um, looking forward to I'll have offense on on Wednesday, so I'm looking forward to watching the offensive line. Not picking and choosing who I want to see do better, but Eichenberg against <laughs> you know against uh, Dalen Hayes or whoever or Julian Oquar. I think that's a really good matchup. I think. Robert Hainsey is Notre Dame's best pass blocker. I want to see Khalid Kareem go yeah. against him. Um, you know, it's so difficult. We, I always go into this and say, well, okay, I want to watch, uh, you know, offensive line play or defensive line play, but then the ball's thrown all over the yard, and it's difficult to do that. Uh, but if they are in full pads on Wednesday... If they're in full pads on yeah, Tuesday, call. yeah. If they're in full pads, I think Wednesday. I think I, I think Wednesday is actually the first day of full pads. I think you have to have four practices under your belt, and the fifth is full pads for Friday, August. Saturday, the Sunday, Monday. One. They can the Tuesday. They can the be in pads. Maybe they'll go in pads on yeah. Tuesday and then put I, contact in on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I think we'll see them hitting on Wednesday. For be. me, it's like I would like to see Wimbush have a practice like we saw in spring practice, where he came with him. I'm like, wow, that's the, the as good as he's ever looked because he had a couple of those in in March and April, and then. I'd like to see safeties make a play on the ball. Um, I don't think that was something we really saw on Friday in one-on-one situations. They're going to say since 2015. Yeah. <laughs> um, that so get, show me some ball skills where that's improved from Jalen Elliott. Uh, Alohi Gilman it has been. I mean, we haven't really seen a lot of that. Or Houston Griffith just get in there and show the athleticism that made him you know one of the top 50 prospects in the country coming out of high school. All right, O'Malley and I will have an instant analysis after Wednesday's practice. We are going to have a podcast on Thursday, correct? That oh. is correct. You and Pete, yeah. old school that day. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Throwback okay. podcast. Okay, that's right. All right. And then we're also seeing another practice Saturday, another podcast Monday. It's a busy eight days coming up. It is a busy eight days. And it's, you know, our last viewing will actually be August 15th. A week from this Wednesday, and then the last two and a half weeks is we're, completely we're closed. Basically, to seeing camp practices, then it becomes Michigan yeah. prep, and that makes sense that they close it but off. But we're going to see a ton, and so we're going to have we're going to have a really good feel for this team when, when we reach mid-August, and uh, so we'll get back and we'll be back on, on the practice field on Wednesday and uh, hit you with an instant analysis after that. So.